Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. A possible rail strike pushback from this weekend to next month. Meanwhile, employees at a major publishing house go on strike. And today on the show, the training director for the United Association in IBEW Local 520 in Austin, Texas. Welcome to the Monday, November 14th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least six platforms, including... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with Raymond Boy. Raymond is the Assistant Director of Education and Training for the United Association. And what a distinguished career he has. He began his career in the plumbing industry going back to 1988 when he attended plumbing classes at night while also working full-time and starting a family. Well, after a year of working for a small company performing residential service work, he decided to enter into the plumbing apprenticeship program at the United Association Plumbers and Pipe Fitters Local 690, which is based in Philadelphia. And Ray has been a proud member there for the last 31 years. Now, during his time in the field, he served as a general plumbing foreman on major projects in the city of Philadelphia. That included a project on the Comcast building, which is the city's tallest skyscraper. If you go back to uh, 2007, Ray was asked to join the Plumbers Union Locals Training Department as a full-time instructor. Again, that's uh, 690. He served on their Political Action Committee, Executive Board, and Recording Secretary. In uh, 2009, Ray Boyd, achieved his master plumber's license with the city of Philadelphia. In recognition of these accomplishments, he was asked to become their training director, the local's training director. That was in 2011. That position he held until 2016. And then in that year, United Association asked Ray Boyd to join their staff as a training specialist in the education and training department overseeing the plumbing division. He says his proudest career accomplishments is having the opportunity to train the next generation of UA journey persons. And he says uh, one of his most important ongoing projects is chairing their equity and diversity group, which is tasked with promoting greater diversity in their training operations. We're going to touch on all of that with uh, Ray Boy, talk about the uh, career opportunities and pathways for people. I always say pathway to the middle class. You want to accelerate your career, make a lot of money, learn a trade that no one can take away from you. Think about that. Once you get the skills of any trade, in this case, we're going to talk about plumbing. Nobody can take that away from you. You have that for life. So uh, Ray's going to be our first guest. Mark Pendleton will be joining us later in the show. And he comes to us from the uh, Electrical Workers Union, IBEW Local 520, IBEW520.org is their website. 
Mark is a vice president and organizer and in charge of membership development. And right now, the IBEW is one union that's looking for a whole lot of workers because we are basically electrifying the next generation when you think about it. I mean, look at technology and where we have come in the last 10, 20 years. And now, with all these uh, EV battery plants, charging stations, the Infrastructure and Jobs Act, which is uh, was signed, well, actually, it was signed into law in December of last year. So it's not even a year that that has uh, become a reality. And that money's starting to uh, filter in. So we'll talk about their training center. They have a very, very modernized training center in Austin, Texas. And the number one issue with the electrical workers, and this is, goes pretty much with all unions, is safety. Yeah, is safety. For over 100 years, Local 520 has been providing Central Texas electrical workers with representation, allowing them to provide for and take care of their families. The training opportunities are top-notch, and the benefits are second to none. Mark's going to talk about all of that and more as our second guest on the show. Now for a brief look into the world of labor. This segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more at boydwatterson.com. Well, the possibility of a railroad strike has been pushed back into early next month. And this is to allow time for engineers and conductors to vote on their agreements with the freight railroads and give more opportunity for the industry to renegotiate with two unions that rejected their deals last month. Now, previously, there was a strike deadline of this Saturday, November 19th. However, the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division Union that represents track maintenance workers agreed last Wednesday to delay any action at least until December 4th. So for now, the trains operated by BNSF, Union Pacific, Norfolk Southern, CSX, Kansas City Southern, and other railroads will continue delivering the raw materials and finished products that so many businesses and industries need. So no disruption in the supply chain for now. The railroads say they're offering the biggest raises workers have seen in more than four decades. The railroads have resisted union demands to add paid sick time, and the new contracts will not resolve all the workers' quality of life concerns. We've discussed this on the show quite frequently. Again, I call attention to the interview that we did, oh my gosh, it was about four weeks ago with Dennis Pierce. He's the man in the middle. And uh, when you talk about quality of life, that's the issue. Wages are good, but you need time off. And that's how this is being positioned right now. Now, I have to point out, all 12 rail unions must approve their deals to prevent a strike. Now, seven unions have ratified their five-year contracts, and they've gotten 24% raises and a bonus of $5,000. Other unions are voting this month. And the two biggest unions that represent conductors and engineers are not set to announce their results until two days 
after the previous deadline. Again, that would be uh, November 21st, a week from today, because the deadline was November 19th. That's been pushed by two days. Now, the outcome of the votes by the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen and the Transportation Division of the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers Unions will play a major role in determining how the contract dispute is resolved because those workers that operate the trains have the most quality of life concerns about demanding schedules. So they could be the ones to watch here. They are the ones to watch here. The uh, renewed talks with the other unions have stalled also over the issue of paid sick time because the railroads don't want to offer much more than what a panel of arbitrators that President Biden appointed recommended over the summer. The unions argue that the pandemic highlighted the need for the basic benefit of paid sick time that is taken for granted in most industries. And you have to point out, the stakes of this contract dispute are so high that Congress more than likely will step in and block a strike if the two sides can't agree. So the takeaway on this, the deadline, which was supposed to be this Saturday, has essentially been moved to December 4th. And we should get an indication one week from today about the outcome of the two unions that are key in resolving this labor dispute. Harper Collins employees have begun an indefinite strike. The union, which is part of Local 2110 of the United Auto Workers, represents about 250 editorial, publicity, sales, marketing, legal, and design employees. They are demanding increases in their minimum salary from... to $50,000 and a more racially diverse workforce. Now, the dispute takes place against a backdrop of an industry standard of widespread long hours and low pay conditions, which many in the industry say are keeping publishing disproportionately white. One uh, striker's protest sign claimed passion doesn't pay the rent. And uh, he demonstrated in front of the corporate headquarters in New York City. This strike follows unfair labor practice charges, which have been filed with the National Labor Relations Board, following layoffs, which led to the termination of some union members. Harper Collins, that's a big, uh, big publishing house. And get this, the company's current proposal fails to address the priorities that the workers want and adds... <laughs> This is where they are with the pay increases. $14,000 to their payroll, which is $14 million. That's their payroll. So they're adding just that amount, and that's why the workers are striking. One more here before we break. Uh, Academic student employees at Washington State University have chose to form a union with the UAW. The new union, which is the Coalition of Academic Student Employees, will be a new bargaining unit inclusive of the university across all campuses and extension centers. One of the uh, people 
that was involved in organizing, Kara DeLira, who has a doctorate in computer science, explained, we are only able to achieve this tremendous victory by never losing sight of our goal, and that is to create a more equitable Washington State University and make higher education a more inclusive space for everyone involved. So hats off to the UAW, one of our sponsors here, gaining uh, ground on campuses. That's uh, one area that uh, they decided to uh, get into, I would say maybe 20, 30 years ago, and it has uh, definitely exploded over that time period. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Ray Boyd with the United Association coming up next. This is America's Workforce. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit surveyandballotsystems.com to learn more. Hello from the Communication Workers of America, District 4. We are a labor union representing a vast array of workers in different industries, including the Association of Flight Attendants, Telecommunications, CWA Passenger Services, Public Health Care, and Education Workers, the IUE, CWA Industrial Division, the National Association of Broadcast Employees, the CWA News Guild, not to mention our growing digital sector, and many others. If you're interested in organizing your work group or learning more about what it means to be CWA strong, visit our website at www.cwad4.org. That's cwad4.org. America's Workforce appreciates our sponsor, the Columbus Central Ohio Building and Construction Trades Council, who represents more than 18,000 workers from 19 affiliated local unions and district councils. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. I was just thinking about following us on Twitter. You may not want to do that right now because uh, that company, ever since Elon Musk took it over, seems to be in disarray and they may go bankrupt. Okay? <laughs> they may go bankrupt. AWFpodcast.com. All shows are archived there. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. By the way, uh, Melissa Cropper, on behalf of the Ohio Federation, will be joining us tomorrow. Right now, let's go to line number one. And joining us from Philadelphia is Mr. Raymond Boyd. Ray is the Assistant Director of Education and Training for a great trade group. We're talking about the United Association of Plumbers and Pipefitters. Mr. Boyd, welcome to America's Workforce. How are we doing in the city of brotherly love? 
Well, thank you for having me. It is my pleasure to be on your show today representing the United Association and getting an opportunity to tell you about what we do and who we are, especially starting this Apprentice Week off. So thank you for having me. I look forward to uh, speaking to you today. Talk to me about 690. That's uh, pretty much where you started your career with the United Association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, what? Uh, how, many, how many members right now? And maybe you could tell us how you kind of worked your way up the ranks to the position you have today. And yes, yes, we want to get into the apprenticeship program because it's important that we get a lot of plumbers and pipe fitters, of course, with the union label out there. So go ahead, sir. So how I got started and the great city of brotherly love, which is really awesome. And I just want to throw a plug in for my Philadelphia Eagles who are undefeated playing today. So get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> the Plumbers Union. I always knew I wanted to work with my hands. Um, went to college for a short bit, but knew I wanted to, to work with my hands in some sort of a trade. But truth be told, um, I didn't know much about trade unions. I knew of trades, and when I came up, as you said, uh, back in the 80s, a lot of our local high schools still had vocational programs. So you were introduced to certain things, which was great, whether or not it was auto mechanics, carpentry, or different things like that. Um, once I got out of high school and piddled around a little bit with some college and different things like that, I knew for some reason, I gravitated to plumbing, and I went to school on my own, um, just a small little plumbing shop, a school rather, um, still not knowing anything about unions or that there was even a plumber's union. And once I graduated that six-month course in plumbing, I, I, I worked um, for a little mom-and-pop shop in the city of Philadelphia, grinding every day, pushing water services and digging curb traps. And somebody pulled my coattail and said, why don't you fill out an application for the plumber's union? I said, what are you talking about, plumber's union? That there's a union that represents plumbers, and they're really strong. Uh, they're a part of the United Association. And I did. I went to Southampton Road. I filled out my application. And fortunate enough to pass their entry test, and I got an interview. And 33 years later, um, I'm still a member of Plumber's Union Local 690, but it gave me the opportunity um, to run some of the biggest jobs in the city. I was the general plumbing foreman um, at the first Comcast Tower. Uh, that gave me the opportunity to get several certifications, uh, my welding certification, master plumber in the city of Philadelphia, and then they afforded me the opportunity to give back and start teaching. Mm -hmm. And I had started teaching, and then I became their director of education and training, and that's when the international, um, back in 20, 2009, started to take a look at me, and they gave me an opportunity to teach at one of their programs during the summer, which is one of our biggest programs where we bring all of our instructors throughout the United States and Canada to get their batteries recharged. That's called ITP, and it's a train-to-trainer course. So I had the privilege to teach there for a few years, and then, um, like I said, I, I was noticed by the administration, and they offered me a job with the International in 2016 as a plumbing training specialist, and um, it's been it's been amazing. Um, any young person or, 
or any person that's thinking of a trade, I would I would tell them to 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 consider a building trade career because it's so much more than than the stereotype that follows what we do. Yeah. I hope that, that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. And I want to get into this a little bit deeper and in a nutshell, it sounds like you're training the trainers then. You you kind of touched on that in in your in your commentary here. Is that kind of where you are today? And and it sounds like you really enjoyed the teaching part, right? I I I really enjoyed the teaching part at every level, whether or not, you know, it's at the local level where we're grooming the apprentices for the future. Um, our apprentices serve a five-year apprenticeship program when they get into our, our, our organization. Um, and to be able to, to take that um, school knowledge and, and on-the-job experience, a large part of our training is the on-the-job experience part. So that is refreshing. When I was mentioning the Train the Trainer, um, that's a program that, we are in our 64th year, I believe, and we go to a place in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Washington Community College every year. We just had our 33rd year there of training, um, and COVID backed everybody up a little bit. So this was our first in-person event since COVID, since the pandemic. We had over um, 2,300 hundred members there and everybody was really looking forward to getting together again and what it does is it teaches the latest technology it gives all of our instructors throughout the united states and canada the tools that they need mm-hmm. to take back and it allows us to share to share a lot of the industry um trade um um, secrets that are coming along. It gives us the opportunity to really dive into those. Technology is a big part of what we do now, so we want to make sure that we're up on the latest everything when it comes to piping. We're not only plumbers or pipe fitters. We're sprinkler fitters. We're welders. We're HVACR technicians. We cover the gamut when it comes to the piping industry, and the one thing that we really pride ourselves on is having the training for our trainers to be able to deliver the message throughout the country. Yeah. If you don't mind, let's pick up on the technology part. And I also want to talk, you mentioned this being National Apprenticeship Week, and obviously we're going to be focusing on that this week. I'd like to know what the UA is doing specifically on that. But the technology, the technology, as you know, Ray, has changed everything. And uh, every industry, every industry. Now, when it comes to uh, plumbing and, and pipe fitting and the welding, how, how has it changed that? And this is probably a good, uh, good uh, lesson for those listening to the show on how, how the industry has changed and how they may fit into the new emerging parts of the UA. Can you explain that part? Yes, absolutely. So the first thing I'll start with, and this is what we've noticed um, over the years of, of really starting to peel back the layers of technology, we do a lot of recruitment and outreach with our recruitment outreach coordinator, Ms. Laura Seha, who's from California. She travels the country for us. One of the biggest things that we notice when it comes to technology, the younger generation is extremely comfortable. So they want to see something that is related to the plumbing industry when it comes to tech. Whether or not that's computer-aided design, BIM, ad, 
whether or not that's using your simulated welders where you don't necessarily have to be in a welding booth and fully clothed with the proper PPE, but you can certainly give in, give a demonstration on proper weld angle and speed and show porosity and things through these different technologies. And then we also dive heavily into the Oculus where we're able to transport someone into a job-related situation. You can take virtual tours of a building. You can, you can explain how the piping is going to be laid out. You can create um, situations where there's a trench collapse and why it's so important to have proper shoring and different things like that. We use our, our technology when it comes to our rigging department, we're heavily involved when it comes to our rigging department. That's a big piece of what we do when we're lifting units and lifting pipe on on a lot of these high rises and different things like that. All of that training is so critical. And what we've learned when it comes to the technology piece, that's what really allows us to connect with the younger generation. They are so mm -hmm. well-versed in it that it's easy for them to take that next step. The other piece when it came to technology that we noticed, and we noticed this, I want to say by accident, um, when the pandemic hit, we had a platform already set up for our instructors throughout the United States, and it's Blackboard. And you can put a lot of different things on Blackboard, a lot of teaching tools and a lot of lessons, and you can share those throughout the country. You don't have to be in the classroom, but I can send it to your classroom. You can get on your computer, and you can take all of the curriculum and the learning materials that we have, and you can actually use that. And there's test questions and different things and all this beautiful stuff. Well, we built that a while ago, but then again, trying to get people comfortable with using it is a different thing. The pandemic forced us to use it, mm -hmm. and it took off like a rocket. We were so fortunate that we had had it built already. We literally had it built, and we had some using it, but not overwhelmingly. And then when the pandemic hit, us being essential, our trade being essential, we couldn't stop working in the field, but like every other place, a lot of our classrooms had to shut down. Well, our members and apprentices need certain amount of hours to obtain their licenses and carry their certifications. That Blackboard platform allowed us to continue our classroom training, not being in the classroom. So that's what we mean by technology. Um, we, we, we've been really fortunate as, as, as an organization. I didn't mention this, and I should have at the beginning. We've been around for 133 years, the United Association but we've learned how to do a lot of different things and adapt to the cultural change and what's needed. Mm -hmm. Oh, you do have a very rich history. And you're right. The pandemic has changed everything, and obviously technology has changed everything. You know, I'm looking at your, your bio here, and I'm reading you're the Assistant Director of Education and Training. With this conversation, I don't know why you're not the Director of Education and Training. <laughs> I would imagine. Well, it's it's funny that you say that. Um, uh, January one, I will be I will be coming the director of. of there the you go. There, I, I this conversation. I said this guy is too good. This guy is too good. He really knows his stuff. 
Ray Boyd joining us on our live line, soon to be the Director of Education and Training for the United Association. We'll continue the conversation with him. Mark Pendleton will be joining us from Austin, Texas later, and he is with IBEW Local 520. Back in a few minutes. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferrans. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's liuna.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The United, United Steelworkers. Steel the largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in, in the, the US, US, Canada, and, and the, the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. Buildings bridges, skyscrapers, and more. Structures that are the face of our cities and towns were built by members of the Iron Workers Union. That's why it's important that our workforce of over 130,000 iron workers continues to be the safest and best trained in the field. With 154 training centers, we invest over $90 million annually in safety and training. We're growing the next generation of union iron workers. There are so many reasons to put your trust in our iron workers and their employers. Learn more about us at ironworkers.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrans with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least six platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and Stitcher. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. Let's go back to the city of Philadelphia and rejoin Ray Boyd, currently the Assistant Director of Education and Training for the United Association, and he will become the director at the beginning of the year. This is National Apprenticeship Week, and there's events happening all around the country. This is the eighth year of National Apprenticeship Week, and we're saluting the apprenticeship programs, one of them being the UA, and they have one heck of an apprenticeship program. So, Ray, let me ask you, what uh, what's going on this week to kind of you know, commemorate the fact that we've got leadership in Washington under Marty Walsh, great labor secretary, who's trying to make sure we get as many apprenticeship programs ramped up because there's a lot of work out there, especially with the uh, bipartisan infrastructure and Jobs Act. So specifically, and you could probably speak to 690, which is your local over there. So what's the story uh, on that, Ray? One of the things that we're doing currently this week is we're opening up our doors, um, not only at 690, but throughout the country, so that people of the community can see exactly what the United Association is and who we are. So we're hosting a lot of events and tours where they can actually go in, see our training centers, see the training that we have to offer. One of the things that I think people are most surprised at when they tour one of our training centers throughout the country. And here in the United States, we have over 234 local training centers. 
when they tour our training centers, a lot of them are set up like small colleges. We have everything to offer when a student gets there. So one of the things that we're trying to do this week is bring the younger generation in. We're asking high schools to tour our facilities. Um, we've established a relationship through NAB2 with the School Counselors Association where they can get to know us better and get to understand as they speak to their students um, about who we are, about what type of a career path this is, giving them the true understanding that it is a direct link to the middle class way of life. Um, not everybody's built for construction or a construction site, but that doesn't mean that you can't be a part of the construction industry. Every job is not on a job site that's related directly to the construction industry. And those are the things that we try and get out there. So this week, we're trying to spread the message about that by opening up our doors and letting people take tours throughout our training centers throughout the country. And that's what we're excited about. Mm -hmm. You should be excited about it. Yeah, everything has changed. You think about the, the car mechanics of yesterday, and I mean long ago yesterday. Today, you have to have pretty much a computer science degree in order to work on the cars, and that goes with a lot of the trades, to your point. So let's talk about let's talk about the pathway to the middle class. I know you've heard that many, many times, and being the fact that Philadelphia, there's some – very good areas in Philadelphia. There's some areas that are, you know, need some work. And that's like all of that in, in, in the United States of America today. Um, what are we doing to uh, get into those underserved communities? So these folks that live there realize there's a way out. There's a better life out there. And you can do that with the trade, specifically in this case, the United Association. So, Ray, what are we doing there? So you mentioned um, Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh. So I, I was fortunate to, to get an assignment, an appointment on the Advisory Committee on Apprenticeship for the government. And um, I'm currently sitting on a subcommittee looking into diversity, equity, and inclusion in the trades. And one of the things that Secretary of Labor, Marty Walsh, did um, back in his hometown, was create a program called Building Pathways. Building Pathways is 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 a model to be able to get underrepresented people from underrepresented communities introduced into organizations like the trades. The first thing that needs to happen, and we've had this discussion over and over again, and it's all of us. Not it's not a race thing, and it's not a gender thing. The first thing that needs to happen is. We have to be comfortable getting uncomfortable. We have to be comfortable getting uncomfortable. We can say there's a problem with manpower, but if we don't go to some of these underrepresented communities and speak to the community directly and say there is a way out of this, then the cycle continues. If you don't educate people and tell them that there are opportunities over here for you in the building trades. And in, in, if, you, if you love working with your hands, if you want to be an electrician, I've always said this, and, and I'm trying to do my part with it now and even more, but there's no reason for us not to be going into the local churches anymore. There's no reason for us not to be going into the local high schools. We're already doing that, but are we doing it on the right level? Do we have the right people going? Um, I challenge every 
every training center throughout the United Association, and we've had this conversation, to take your apprentices. They're your ambassadors. They're your organizers. They're the model. Take them. Take them out of the classroom one day and take them to the local high schools. Talk to the educators in the community. Talk to the school commissioners and the commissioner of education in your area. And tell them that you want to start a bus tour and you want to bring some young people in to talk to your students from ninth grade to 12. And I even want to go a little further and do from sixth to eighth and just introduce the trades to them in these communities. And then let us do a study and watch what happens in about three to five years. It's all about introduction, and that's what we're about right now. And so I'm privileged to have the opportunity to sit on the ACA and and to kind of come up with these different ideas. But truth be told, we have to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable, and that's sometimes getting outside of our skin and going to talk to somebody that we don't necessarily deal with all the time. Right, that's what's going right. to make the difference. Think out of the box a little bit on this one. So this um, this idea here, it sounds like it's going to be implemented, or you're getting a little pushback on that, or they're still trying to figure out if that's the right way to approach. Where are we with what you just told me? There's 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 not any pushback at all. As a matter of fact, it, it's being um, well received. It's just a matter of trying to put the pieces together. Um, and we know we're going to have to start small. Um, and that's okay. Um, I, was at a, I was at an event in Vegas two weeks ago, and, and this is something that we can see is growing. And, it, and it's kudos to NABTU and to the women in the trades. And I'm sure you may have heard about this event, but it's called Trades oh, yeah. Women Build Nations. That has grown exponentially in the last 12 years they started out with a handful of women in a room and you could probably count the number of people on two hands they had 3,000 trades women in las vegas this week and not that there still aren't problems and the percentage of trades women isn't where we would want it to be but to see that conference grow and grow and women getting the opportunities we can do the same thing when it comes to underrepresented communities. We're not trying to exclude anybody. We want mm-hmm. everybody. We want it to be fair and balanced across the board, and we want everybody to at least know about us. Like I said earlier in the conversation, instructions not for everybody. Everybody's not comfortable with heights or confined spaces and different things like that. It's just not. But if it is for you, and you feel the urge that you want to pursue a career like this, I, I, I would, I would applaud anybody or spend five to 10, 15 minutes talking to anybody about giving it an opportunity. Go to your local union, find out the local unions in your area, go to your local unions, get the information that you need, and give it a try because it is such a rewarding career for anybody. Ray, you mentioned the uh, Trades Women Build Nations conference, and we did talk about that extensively on the show, especially last week. But one of the issues that came up in our conversations with our guests was the fact that, yeah, there's a lot of women that like to get involved in the trades, but there's issues like childcare, maternity leave. So keeping them in the trades, that's an issue. What's uh, what's the UA doing about that, Ray? You are exactly correct when it comes.
comes to an hindrance for women in the trades, um, having children and having the support to be able to have those children, maternity leave and different things like that, wraparound services, daycare, and different things like that. We've talked about all of those things as an industry, um, and it is definitely needed for us to be able to retain women in the trades who are extremely talented. One of the things that a lot of our local unions are doing on the local level now, which is so refreshing to hear, they're offering those wraparound services. They're offering that daycare. That's why I said it, it would be so amazing, and I think maybe on one of your shows in the future, um, we can connect you with a few of our local unions who offer those types of service where they have the daycares right at the union hall. And it's not just for women. You have some single dads out there also that are taking advantage of that type of a support system where someone can drop their children off at the local union hall. They can get that. They can get the necessary care that they need while mom or dad goes to work. Um, our general president announced something at Trades Women Build Nations two weeks ago um, in our UA caucus, which was amazing. And they are starting um, a maternity program for uh, um, women um, who are going to have children. And it was well received. They're putting the pieces together now. Again, like you said, it's been something that's been talked about for years. And it certainly has been needed. I think we're really starting to understand how much it's needed when we talk about the manpower needs, retaining quality workers and being able to keep them on the job and what's not allowing us to do that. I think we're all starting to open up our eyes and really starting to get the picture. So that's something that the UA is doing. We're trying to get better at it. We're certainly listening. And I think really another thing that it's going to take is to make sure that we have more women in these leadership positions that truly understand um, what the needs are. Sounds like you're uh, moving in the right direction on that. And Ray, let's uh, let's do this show again, and feel free to uh, send us information on the various locals that are doing what you said, uh, making childcare available and and helping make that path a little bit easier for uh, for women, especially to get involved in the trades. That would be a that would be a great show. So you take care. I uh, thank you for joining us here on National Apprenticeship Week, Ray Boyd has been our guest. He is the Assistant Director of Education and Training for the United Association, soon to be, at the beginning of the year, the Director of Education and Training. UA.org is a national website. You take care. Uh, Please stay in touch. Any parting words for our audience, Ray? Thank you so much, my friend, for spreading the word. We need more of this, so I applaud the work that you're doing, um, getting the union message out, letting people know that We're not a secret. We are here. We're here to stay, and we want to provide services for the communities that we represent. So thank you for the opportunity. I truly appreciate it. Anytime. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Mark Pendleton is with IBEW Local 520 in Austin, Texas, and he is coming up next. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes LIUNA to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of LIUNA, the Laborers International Union of North America, 
delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with LIUNA. Find out what it takes for LIUNA to keep America running at LIUNA.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The AFL-CIO is a proud sponsor of America's Workforce Radio. United by efforts to raise wages, listeners to this show and workers all across America are beginning to turn a corner and drive the economic debate. The AFL-CIO is comprised of 12.5 million working people, but we stand with and fight for everyone who is working for a better life. For more information about our Raising Wages agenda, go to AFLCIO.org. The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at boydwatterson.com. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the United Labor Agency, ulagency.org. Let's go down to Austin, Texas right now. And joining us on line number two is Mr. Mark Pendleton. And Mark is with the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. This would be Local 520. They have about 1,600 members, and the website is ibew520.org. And obviously, this is the beginning of National Apprenticeship Week, so we're talking about getting young folks, anybody right now, because there's a lot of job opportunities in the trades and the electrical workers right at the top of the list. Mark Pendleton, how are we doing today, brother? Awesome, awesome. How are you doing? Thank you for I'm having good. me. I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. So, so talk to me about about getting some uh, some folks involved in the trades. I know all the trades are doing everything possible. We just got off the phone with the Ray Boyd on behalf of the United Association. They're doing some outreach. In fact, they want they got a plan. This is kind of cool. They want to take uh, the students that go through the apprenticeship programs and use them as like ambassadors. To get more people involved in the trades, you know, we we got to do everything. We got to pull out all the stops here. So, how are we looking in uh, in Austin, Texas? Austin is not slowing down. It's going to be busy for the next fifteen years. They're saying, and that's what I do. I recruit anyone that'll listen uh, <laughs> to be an electrician. So I go to high school job fairs. I go to reentry job fairs. I help out all the veterans and all this and that. But um, we do. We have a great little uh, a five year school. Uh, to become an electrician, um, you get steady raises every year. I mean, you, you probably already know all this stuff. I'll just say it real quick. Um, but, yeah, it's a five-year school that our contractors pay for. They, you don't have to pay back a, a student loan. That's the best part about the whole thing. You get insurance. You get awesome retirement. After five years, you're making over 40 bucks an hour, pretty much yeah. in a nutshell. Yes, sir. Yeah, that, that's exactly <laughs> it. You hit you hit all the points there. You know, you mentioned the vets. We just did a show on Veterans Day with helmets to hard hats. I don't know if you know this, but the executive director there comes from the IBEW. 
in uh, oh, wow. in Akron, Ohio. How are we doing with with vets in the Texas area? Because I know there's a, I know there's a pretty pretty big military or ex military population in that in that uh, neck of the woods. What what are yes, we looking sir. at? Yeah, so we we talked to about five thousand vets for the uh, big mega fair at Fort Hood. Uh, my wife is actually the last sixteen years works for the National Guard, so I have that all tied up. I talked to a whole bunch of Air Guard, Army. I mean, just everybody. We did the uh, red, white, and you um, out there in Colleen, and then we did uh, what was it Thursday? We did one uh, out in Round Rock for all the veterans. Yes, sir. Okay. Awesome. Uh, are are they connecting? I mean, it, it look like they, you might be getting them into uh, local five twenty. Oh yes, sir. We have a veterans committee here uh, with Sergeant Armstrong. He's awesome. Um, got him hooked up, and I, I tell everybody if you're on time. And veterans are awesome. They're on time. They're used to getting yelled at. You're going to make a great electrician. So <laughs> that's exactly what I tell them all the time. Um, but no, for real, it's 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 been going really really well. I don't know offhand how many we have in the apprenticeship, but I do know we have a, a bunch this year. I like that. They're used to getting yelled at. <laughs> yes, a lot of that in the military, no doubt about that. Okay, you got you have a program you were telling me before we started the Lone Star program. What's that all about, Mark? So, so yes, sir. It's a it's an awesome program to for uh, people to see if they want to become electricians. Um, this lady, uh, Rebecca Young from Alaska, from uh, local Alaska up there, I think it's like 1165 or something like that. Um, she actually does a week long course to where um you, you rough in a room you do some pipe bending you put in some plugs and switches all this and that um but it's totally free uh and it's right at our training center so if you like it we walk you down the hall and put you into our apprenticeship program it's it's oh. all you get a bag of tools for free you get um what else your tdlr license and your uh, osha tent for free yes, sir. now now is that part of the 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 apprenticeship program or is that separate from that it's separate yes sir and where, where's the money coming from to fund that? It's a nonprofit, so she, you know, we help out a little bit, but I mean, uh, I, I get sponsors like uh, Milwaukee and DeWalt and this and that, and uh, Home Depot and some and some vendors, and they they chip in and and do it all for free. Yeah. So l- let's talk about the opportunities here for for the electrical workers, and I know with the bipartisan Infrastructure Jobs Act, which is soon to be a year when it passed in the House and the Senate, uh, it's creating all kind of, especially when it comes to EV batteries, things of that nature. And I'm sure Texas, chips, plants, that's another thing. Um, yep. It's got to be huge, the opportunities in that in that part of the country. Can you speak to that, Mark? I can. Um, we actually did get uh, a couple of companies did get um, Tesla, of course, and Samsung and Taylor. Uh, I myself have worked for uh, Freescale and all the chips and this and that for, uh, you know, for boards and all kinds of just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff, tons and tons of work. Um, but yeah, the plugs for Tesla cars and this and that, it's not going to slow down. We have one contractor that that's all he does and he's making a whole bunch of money. They're going to need, I forget how many thousands and thousands by like 2024, but yes, sir. <laughs> now. I was reading online, the website again is ibew520.org, that you have uh, quite a uh, training center based in Austin. Can you uh, give us some specs on that? I mean, is it recent, uh, the work that Um, went into it? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. uh, So 16 years ago, I went through the apprenticeship program. Um, 
it's, it's really it's geared just for electric you know electric workers and this and that you go in you're tired it's after work you're just you, you don't want to be no one likes school <laughs> but um you go in and right when you're about to go to sleep they get you up and they throw you in the back in the giant warehouse it's about as big as a gymnasium really and then you hands-on learn because at the end of the day everyone learns hands-on you teach me once i can do it a thousand times for you kind of thing um, they'll throw you in the back and, you know, show you the right way to bend pipe, do the, you know, three ways and four ways, and, uh, you know, all the switches, all the transformers, all that kind of stuff. So it's all hands-on. It's really cool. Mark, let me ask you, you, you said that you were uh, with IBEW 520 for 16 years. How has that changed? How has that training changed over that time? And I, I know with all the new technologies out there, I mean, that has to be part of it, right? Yes, sir. So we do have uh, uh, solar uh, panels that we do, you know, uh, photovoltaic systems and all this stuff. And you have to, uh, you have to keep up with the times and everything too. But, um, the training directors, uh, come in, they come and go and, uh, we got some new fresh blood over there. So they're, they're rocking and rolling and, and teaching all these kids. We have about 200 first year apprentices and then probably about, I would say 500, you know, from first year to fifth year, uh, students. That that number two hundred is that a little higher than normal right now, or about even? It is a little higher than normal. Um, I like to say that I did that, but it's actually everybody that's been doing it. Um, contractors help out. Um, all my organizers. I got five organizers here. They all help out, uh, and we just recruit, recruit, recruit because baby boomers are retiring, and we need a whole bunch of electricians. So. I hear you. I hear you. How are we doing with organizing? I mean, that's a right to work state, but Austin's a little bit different. I know it's quite liberal over there. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Um, everything's. I mean, it's it's rocking and rolling. Like I said, um, and and whoever you vote for, I'm, I don't get into the, the that kind of side of things. You know, I endorse people for labor and this and that, but then all my veterans, they're they're a certain way. You know, maybe mm-hmm. the other way, but I don't. <laughs> I, I just try to keep keep the peace. <laughs> yeah, that's not easy. Yeah. That's not no. an easy test. Not, not, but, you know, tech. bottom line, job opportunities. They're out yes, there. Sir. And they're in yes. all the trades. And that includes the IBEW, IBEW520.org. Mark Pendleton, Vice President, Organizer, in charge of membership development. You take care. Stay safe. Stay in touch with us. And, and keep doing what you're doing. Okay, brother? I will. Thank you so much. All right, that's it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, we're going to check in with the Ohio Federation of Teachers and Iron Workers Local 33. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce radio podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.